This is Long Story Short from the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. I'm Eban Udana. You can read the stories we feature at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. Tom Condon writes about urban and regional issues for the Connecticut Mirror. He joins us to talk about his article on Connecticut's anti-racial profiling efforts. Hello, Tom. You write that Connecticut has had anti-police racial profiling laws on the books for more than two decades, but it's only now that uh, we appear to be making some progress. Why so? Well, the program started in 1999, and it, it just wasn't created very well, I think. Police departments had to turn in data about their traffic stops on paper, and it turned out nobody did anything with it. The paper just piled up, so police departments stopped reporting it, and so the whole project was basically useless. Now, in 2011, there was a big racial profiling scandal in East Haven. Police were stopping and harassing mostly Hispanic drivers. This caused the legislature to revisit and strengthen the program. If I remember correctly, that became a federal case. The federal government got involved in that. That the, is correct. The Department of Justice got, got involved. Absolutely. And it was, it was an embarrassment. And the legislature responded by strengthening the program. And they created the um, Anti-Racial Profiling Project, which in turn created a, actually a national model for data gathering and analysis. So since then, this is now since 2013, the the Anti-Racial Profiling Project has analyzed three and a half million traffic stops. And they have identified communities where it was a problem. They have gone in and into those towns and looked at what was going on, and in many cases have corrected it. Um, now, was, but, but wasn't there some resistance initially from police departments about uh, oh, yeah. doing anything? <laughs> even taking, even even uh, uh, keeping the records was a was a problem. Well, police chiefs aren't the most liberal group in the world. I mean, they 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 like to run their own shops, and it's understandable, I guess. Um, so there was some resistance, uh, but. Uh, it was overcome. I mean, they had, um, you know, they were able to present convincing data. These communities had a problem. In one town, they looked at uh, traffic stops, and 40% of them were for lighting violations, you know, busted headlight, that kind of thing. What was going on was that they were using that as a pretext to look for drunk drivers, but it didn't work. The project looked at 1,600 uh, stops, and it only resulted in one arrest for, for a, a, a DUI. So presented with the data, the, the, uh, what the department did was look at actual moving violations. These are real safety issues, right? They ended up getting more arrests for DUI because it turned out that a lot of intoxicated drivers were crossing the center lane, speeding. You know, not surpri- it's not surprising when you think about it. So actually looking at moving violations rather than uh, looking at uh, uh, equipment uh, problems on, on the car, broken taillights or license plates that weren't quite showing. Yes, that's, I think that's the key takeaway, that, that instead of pulling somebody over, 
you know, for an air freshener hanging from the rearview mirror, get out there and make speeding stops. And that not only creates a safer atmosphere on the roads, it, it lessens or eliminates racial disparities in traffic stops. After the George Floyd incident, we had some legislation that was passed in Connecticut. How did that tie into the racial profiling laws that we had on the books? The new law uh, eliminates consent searches, which is where you pull someone over because part of the license plate is blocked, and then you ask them if you can search the car. And that's a consent search. The new law uh, eliminates consent searches. That has only been in effect since October of 2020, and the data isn't in yet. But they think it will help reduce racial disparities in traffic stops. And do we have anything that the legislature is looking at this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is... um, The big one, I think, will be creating two levels of traffic violations. So primary and secondary. Primary are the bad ones, the moving violations, speeding, reckless driving, uh, driving under the influence. Then there are secondary offenses, uh, which are the kind of nitpicky ones, you know, blocking the license plate, putting the license plate in the rear window, a broken headlight. If it goes through as proposed, these will not initiate a traffic stop, but can be added to a charge. They pull you over for speeding. They can add that charge to the speeding charge. So that is a secondary offense. This has been done in in some cities and in the state of Virginia. Traffic stops can be really dangerous for the driver and or the police officer. I believe this is correct. I believe that 60 police officers, along with more than 400 drivers, have been killed in the last five years in traffic stops. You shouldn't have to die, you know, for a COVID mask hanging from your rearview mirror. I mean, that's ridiculous. The the bottom line is it seems as if we're going to be having fewer police stops, and that means that will have less racial profiling in Connecticut if that's the outcome of this? That is the hope. I mean, if there are fewer consent searches, that should lead to to less um, racial disparity in traffic stops. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Tom. Tom Condon writes about urban and regional issues for the Connecticut Mirror. His article is titled, After a Poor Start, Connecticut's anti-racial profiling effort is making progress. Long Story Short comes from WSHU Public Radio and the Connecticut Mirror. You can read the stories we feature at ctmirror.org or wshu.org. I'm Eban Udam.